0: Hello and welcome to the Piecing It Back Together podcast. My name is Colin. I am the host of this podcast and I am so glad that you could be joining me today. The episode we have today is really special. It's called The Lamenting of the Flesh with my dear friend Chase Fulton. We recorded it about a year and a half ago and I am so sorry it took me forever to upload it. And any content really at all. Uh, There is no excuse for it, but just know this. Every single ten days from now on, there will be a new episode on the Piecing It Back Together podcast, which I am so excited for. I'm excited to continue learning with you and growing in Christ with you because it's just it, it's just really fun. Uh, as well, a new addition to the podcast is you can become a financial supporter through Patreon. If you go over to Patreon.com/slash Piecing It Back Together, the same way that the podcast is spelt, or just go to the link in the bio. You can become a financial supporter. It's $5 a month. You'll become a part of a really awesome community. I want to be able to have a community with you guys and continue learning together Uh, as well. There will be a devotional that comes out alongside the podcast every single 10 days over there on that platform. And so if you do choose to do that, just know I really appreciate it. It helps me to continue pouring into this podcast, putting time into it and as well upgrading it. But if you don't just know, I also still love you and and hope that this podcast blesses you. Anyways, let's get to the episode and listen to the conversation that I think is awesome. Hope it blesses you. I love you and have a wonderful day. Thursday,
1: October thirty first. The city streets are crowded for the holiday, even with the rain. Hidden in the chaos is the element, waiting to strike like snakes, and I'm there too. watching.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I I'll admit that was um that was a really good. Batman voice, especially the new That's Batman, uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson. I think, yeah, I think that was that was, I'm, I'm like really impressed.
1: Thank you. I gave it my all.
0: <laughs> Good, you better for, for this <laughs> podcast. This is, I mean, this is really just life or death at the end of the day. Yeah, facts. <laughs> well, welcome, um, all those listening. Uh, this is so weird. I haven't I haven't done this in months. Um, Dude, like record you've been missed. <laughs> uh yeah you too i haven't i haven't seen you in months i don't know when the last time is
1: it's been a little while
0: been a little while but uh it's nice to talk to you um not to see you because um your <laughs> yeah it's not it's not nice to see me <laughs> yeah yeah not to see you because your computer doesn't have a doesn't have a camera yeah uh, which is really bummy but whatever um welcome all you who I probably have been listening for the last couple of weeks because there's been episodes coming out. Um up to the point like when you're listening to this, you'll probably have hopefully listened to the discipleship series with Jack Jones. Um if you haven't, um, you're missing out. Really, that's all I kinda of have to say. Um, uh, if you didn't yes. listen to all the podcasts, you're pretty much missing out. But um yeah, Chase, geez. dude, it's it's it, Chase and I have tried to record one time. Um, and then we could never actually finish the series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got, like, halfway through it, and we recorded it in a coffee shop. Yeah. It was awesome. But then we never recorded the last
0: episode. You know, honestly, I I think we should do it again. Yeah. And then actually finish it all.
1: I agree. It was a good one. It was. It some words.
0: It was. But, hey, it's nice to have you on.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here, as always.
0: (laughs) Um, Well... Yeah, like I said, welcome to everyone. This is Chase. Uh, Chase, do you have do you have like a, uh, anything you want people to know about you like give us a way to find you, your phone number, obviously. Um address yeah, number, social, social security. security number. Yeah, that would be um, really nice.
1: Yeah, I'll give I'll give all of it. Um so my name's Chase Fulton. On social media is I go by Chase and Jesus. Uh, I'm a art history student. I love art, I love God, I love literature, and that's pretty much my entire personality.
0: So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah, pretty bland personality if you ask me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Nice Chase, is, Chase is one of my best friends, Um, really awesome guy. I've gotten to know him, know him very closely for the last two, going on two years now, which is crazy. Yeah, um, two years since I smacked that coffee out of your hand. Um, yeah facts. <laughs> yeah, that that's a great story. But um hey, before we get into it, those of you you listening who have listened in the past know that I like to ask people that come on questions. Um they're random, sometimes they're deep. Uh they're on the spot and no one ever hey. knows when they're coming. Um come on. So, yeah, I'm going to ask Chase these questions and we'll get to know him a little bit and then we'll get right into it. Um and and we'll talk about um the beauty of lamenting and and all that fun yeah, stuff. So, the <laughs> president. Okay, so first question: uh, What's your favorite thing in the entire world? Outside, of, uh, obviously, outside of Jesus and the Bible,
1: books, literature. That, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Literature. I love reading. I love the way that people structure sentences and words. I think words change societies. I think they're the strongest things that we have as an author. Yeah, I would say books, literature, stuff like that.
0: That's sick. Okay, so you've told me multiple times what your favorite book is, but tell them. Oh, The Picture
1: of Doreen Gray by Oscar Wilde. If you read that book and send me a message that you've read it because of my recommendation, I will love you forever into eternity. You <laughs> will literally be at the top of my list of people ever.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's facts. Okay, okay. Well, next question, um, if you could get, and this is sort of deep, obviously we'll keep it short, but I mean, Hey, I mean, if you end up giving it right now, then you give it right now. But, um, if you could give a sermon on one thing before you died, like you're going to die tomorrow and you know, it, mm. if you could give a sermon on it right now, what would that one thing be?
1: The first word that comes to mind, which sounds really weird is hypocrisy. Mm. And I think it's cool that we're talking about the topic that we're talking about today. Um, But I, I think I would talk about how God's favor and his grace and his love is the ultimate aim of life. And it's the most beneficial thing. I think I've lived a lot of my past hypocritically and have sought God, but also put him on the back burner to pursue other things. And at the end of the day, God is just, he's beautiful. He's everything. He's all that matters. Um, every time I lose sight of that, he reminds me. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I would, I think I would preach on that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. it. That would be, uh, next question. Um, what's your favorite song and your favorite artist right now?
1: Ooh. Uh, Vampire by Dominic Fike has consistently been my favorite song by my favorite artist Mm. for the last months. Um, I've become obsessed with vampires and Gothic stuff. I mean, I've always kind of been obsessed that way, but then I read, uh, I, I, I read a book recently by Jane Austen that really opened up my heart to gothic literature. And I sort of got obsessed with vampires and then I watched the Batman and it just made me obsessed with bats.
0: Dude, um, I've been, I've been, I've watched that movie, I bought it because I was like, this is one of those movies that just, I'm going to want to rewatch over and over again. Yeah. And anyone that I hang out with recently has just been like straight up, like just we're watching Batman. Um,
1: it's, it's such a good movie. Oh, it's just, just so
0: amazing. I, I like. I don't understand the point of view of people that find it not good because I think that it it like just the the picture of it, yeah, um, is just so. All His the, house but, is so cool. Oh my gosh! Yeah, all the Batman's are good. Don't get me wrong. The Dark yes. Knight. Well, The Dark Knight's great, but I would have to rank this at the top because the acting is phenomenal, the story is phenomenal, and. The the videography, honestly, at the end of the day, is just perfect for Batman.
1: Yes, the cinematography displays his character development perfectly.
0: Oh it's yeah. Amazing. I think uh those who disagree with the two of us, um yeah, we will be looking at you uh in hell from heaven. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um <laughs> I, I should I should emphasize that I am joking. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. No, so, no. No
1: sarcasm here. Completely oh, dead serious.
0: You're right. Uh laughter is a sin. Yeah, facts. Absolutely. Anyways, today, uh, you know, Chase and I were sitting down the other day. We're not sitting down, we were calling. I mean, I, I was running around my I was room. sitting down. No. I wasn't. I was running around my room doing chores. Um and we were like, yo, what what do we want to do the podcast on? And uh kind of both agreed that Lamin, lamenting as well as dying to the self was really heavy on our hearts, um, and so that it, it, that really I mean is the reason for the title of the podcast: lamenting the flesh's death, um, yeah. which is I I also you know I think is an interesting title because a lot of people are like well we should be joyful that our flesh is dying, and um, I think it's just an, it's an interesting topic to cover. Uh, I think we're gonna have a really fun time with it. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I'll bring up a quote I have later, but, a uh, chase, uh, you know, obviously the book of lamentations is what most think that we're probably going to go to, um, which is true most often throughout this, um, talk that we're going to have here because it's, you know, lamenting lamentations. Um, and so I guess start us off with, you know, before the podcast, you were telling me about the name of lamentations, start us off with like, just some informations we need to know.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so specific to the Book of Lamentations, um, people don't. They kind of jumble up who wrote the book. Some people think that Jeremiah wrote it. Some people think that he didn't. I personally think he did, but you know, some some people don't. Um, but the book begins with a verse that's one of my favorites. It says, "How lonely sits the city that was full of people." How like a widow is she who is great among the nations? The princess among the provinces has become a slave. Mm. And so this book, what they're lamenting is the fact that they're this chosen nation by God. They have this covenantal promise from him, but the Old Testament covenant was conditional in its essence. And although God came through many times, the people disobeyed him often. And they're lamenting that fact. They're lamenting
0: that
1: they're not the, wow, My throat is (laughs) destroying itself. Um, But they're lamenting the fact that they're not in the place that they're supposed to be or once were. And that word how that begins the book is the actual title of the book. It's a word that's eka, um, which is like how or alas or something like that. Um and that was pretty traditional to Jewish books. They would name each one off of the first word. Um, so it's a really intricate, pretty design, um, and shows a lot of the stages of grief and different things. Um, which is just really pretty. Um, I'm excited to dig into it because I think it has a lot to offer.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's a couple more things to note. Um, some things that I looked into uh, beforehand were um, you know some more some more kind of uh, evidence for Jer- Jeremiah really writing this is because they, they believe this was written during the time of so if you go read jeremiah thirty nine um, it almost to to the to the I guess historians or theologians who um, yeah think about this. They think that this was written in five eighty six BC which would have been around the same time Jeremiah was writing Jeremiah 39, or at least the historical count from 39 was occurring uh, as well. Uh, historical accounts are in 2 Kings 24-25 and 2 Chronicles 36. So if you just want a little bit of a historical, like, okay, this is when this, you know, have something in your mind to set when Lamentations is written, 587 BC, roughly. Um, yeah. Outside of that, Book of Lamentations, it's... Uh, it's an exciting one, but uh chase why I guess I guess really the question is cuz a lot of people don't I don't think Lamentations is a book most people think of when they're like what what book should I read next in the book <laughs> yeah. of the Bible. I don't think lament, lamenting is really something preached on ever um in the church. I don't know, have you heard it, a sermon on it recently?
1: Not not recently. No, I I hear a lot of a lot of positivity, which is not a bad thing. I think it's, it's not, beautiful. Um, but yeah, not, not really.
0: But I think honestly, you know, the, the thing that I find interesting, um, is how there's a lot of sermons on the grace of God, a lot of sermons on how he, you know, the Lord forgives you. I mean, even I was in chapel today and, and I'm not bashing chapel. Chapel was amazing. Um, the sermon was amazing. I'm not saying it's bad, but the sermon today was about the grace of God. Um, forgiveness, uh, sermons are pretty much often on your calling and God yeah. thinks of you, things of that sort, which are great things like you said. Um, but that's like, I think someone said that's like what 3% of the Bible. And then like 90% yeah. of it is, is actually God's like wrath and mercy being taken out or not mercy, justice. And like, uh, lamenting, like was, especially most of the Psalms absolutely, um, are how oh, we could get the Psalms forever, but like are about lamenting and, and being sad. And so, um, really my first question to you, Chase, uh, to, to kind of let's talk about is why do you think that is, like, why do you think that we are so hyper obsessive with, um, forgetting about lamentation and focusing so much on the more Hmm. positive, optimistic sides of everything?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is our culture of instant gratification. Um, because we're such a like consumer based culture and I, I hate to like talk about culture. I don't know. It's just (laughs) kind of, those conversations always kind of annoy me, but I think inside of the way that we operate as a society, we often get to a place where we focus so much on the end result that our understanding of how we got there never really comes into view. Um, and lamentations begins with the word how it's like, Oh, how lonely sits the city. And, and that to me presents a question of like, how did I even get there? And how we get to joy is often through a valley of darkness. Um, yeah. You know, the, the table of God is set in the bottom of the valley. And so when, when I think of lamenting, I, I think of the process to which you grow to become joyful because you understand light outside of the context of it always being sunny outside. Like I do, I don't just think of spring as the ever present eternal season that I'm in. I actually understand the hardships of winter and I understand the death of fall and the jubilance of summer is beautiful, but but spring is spring is coming, but I have to understand darkness before that. Um, Mm. And there's a, there's a quote, the best the best poetry book I've ever read is called The Prophet from this guy, Khalil Gibran. And he writes this poem called Joy and Sorrow. And in a portion of the poem, he says, um, I, I'm probably going to quote it wrong, but he says, do you not realize that the loot that soothes your soul is hollowed out with knives. And I've always stuck to that quote when thinking of joy and sorrow or lamenting and rejoicing because My sorrow or my sadness, although it shouldn't be the focus of my life, actually does deepen the well through which I draw water from to give to other people. I have a grander understanding of life because I've witnessed things that opposed life. Um, And so I don't want to be someone who focuses on death. I don't want to be someone who focuses on the shadows, Um, but I think they do grant a grander perspective of light um and of hope like you know i i think the people of god are people of hope um so I, I would say that's i think it gets i think all of that gets passed over because we're a people who can become uncomfortable with going through the process of that and really just want to be joyful all the time which i don't think is a bad pursuit but Joy is not happiness, you know, um, it's very different. So maybe.
0: Yeah, I think even, um, I don't know, even from my perspective, I think the things at least that I've experienced in my life and, and more recently too, because I think you, when you hit the, the, the age I've hit, you know, the the ripe old age of 19, <laughs> Um, I think like really, I think you begin to question everything. I like guess, especially when you yeah. move into college, second year of college, I think this is when I'm like, okay, I'm not really questioning how do I live anymore? I know how to sustain myself, uh, while living alone. I've done it enough, uh, long enough. Now I'm co- sort of in this place of like, well, I am alone and I'm yeah. with my thoughts. And so now I have to actually confront those thoughts that I didn't have to confront. Um, you know, growing up, because when you're growing up as a, as a kid, oftentimes, you know, you're in your home. Yeah. Um, if it's not a healthy home, you seclude yourself from those thoughts into almost an inner bubble of nothing, um, and so now being out of that environment into a new environment, I really thought about um, a lot of emotions that I've hidden for so long, and I think there's there's even you know I was talking about this with a friend earlier today. I think there's even um, we don't we don't have deep conversations anymore. Like we don't really, no. we don't really have much of like, I, I watched this happen yesterday. I'm a people watcher. Um, I love to do it. I was sitting in the hallway and, and, um, this person, these two people were walking past they're like, Oh, how are you? How are you? Like, I'm doing good. You I'm good. But here's the thing. As this conversation was going, they were walking away from each other. Like, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like modern conversation is they're not even paying attention. They're just saying what they say to everyone. How are you? Good. Oh, how are yeah. you? Good. Bam, that's it. A little bit of a smile and walking on conversations forgotten about five seconds later, like they're a goldfish. Um, And that, that to me almost brings thought of like, maybe that's why we're so unhealthily healthy now. Yeah, Like, you know how so many people are like, I'm so joyful chasing what I want to do. And this brings in, to the second part of that title, which is dying in the self. Like, I'm so happy doing what I want to do. And it's like, are you really, or are you just sitting in this, this middle surface level place? Um, you know, put it this way. There was a comedian. Um, I forget his name. Actually. You might, you might know him. I don't, I don't know if you will, but, um, he was doing an interview on, uh, I think it was like the tonight show or something with Jimmy Fallon. And he was like, Oh, like, you know, we all have this deep, dark nothingness and abyss in our mind, in our heart, like of realizing that life is meaningless and like, you know, it, it sucks and we're alone. Um, and it was like super funny. Uh, and I would play the clip, but there's like way too many cuss words. Um, and it's a little <laughs> inappropriate. But like um, it, it's so funny because he's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm driving in the car one day and sadness began to come, come in and i was like oh no here it is like even i'll give you my perspective like i'm you know driving in the car like a 5 hour drive and it's like you start thinking too much and you're like oh no there's that feeling i feel alone and this is why like when you drive on the streets you see everyone texting and driving because you reach for it and you got to text everybody in your phone. Hello. Hey, how are you? Like, what's going on with you? Like, you know, you start checking Instagram and yeah. then you get FOMO and then you, you think like, oh my gosh, now I'm, you're in this rut of like unhealthy depression. Cause there's healthy and unhealthy depression. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we like, this is this life and this pattern that we've, we've catapulted ourselves really into is like, oh no, I'm sad. Let me reach for my phone. Uh, let me reach yeah. for other people rather than like, you know, there's, there was a, he he said, he's like, you know what? I didn't reach for it. And I just sat there and the tears just started coming like a baby. He's like, but then a couple minutes later, uh, I felt happy. He's like, because I let the endorphins, you know, come through my mind. And I think that's the thing is like, you know, in the grand scheme of what I'm really trying to say is like, sadness is good. And until we accept that sadness is a good thing and sadness is an okay thing. And we can't keep running from the dark, deep, hurt parts of our life. We're never going to heal. A healed person has to walk through brokenness uh, or else they're just a numbed person. And that is like awful. Um, You know, I think it's Psalm 30 says uh, joy comes in the morning. Uh, It says weeping may stay the night, but joy comes in the morning. Like, yeah, you're weeping right now, but go to sleep and wake up and the joy will fill you. Um,
1: I think that's I, I think that's a very reoccurring theme in the Bible when considering lamenting and sorrow. Like when I said earlier that I don't want to be someone who focuses on sorrow is because I believe my pain or the things that have broken me or the afflictions that I've faced should lead me to hope in God. Because it, in Lamentations, you know, he says his mercies are new every morning. He's like, oh, well, there's actually this dawn that's arising where the sun is going to come up and the darkness that you think you're treading through alone, you're really not. Um, and that's really beautiful, but that's not always our perspective. Um, I know that's not always been my perspective. Um, and that's, that's a tricky, yeah, that's a tricky road to walk through, you know, Uh, how do I, how do I navigate shadows? It's a, it's a weird, weird realm.
0: Yeah. And, You know, uh, I think Rich, Rich Vietas puts it really, really, really well. Uh, He says the same Bible that tells us to rejoice always had a book called Lamentations. Uh, We don't have to choose one from the other. I love that line. Like we don't have to choose one from the other. Um, good, healthy Christian faith is non-dualistic. Um, basically meaning like it doesn't separate things or, uh, um, what's that C word, um, compartmentalize things. Uh, it says a healthy Christian faith is non dualistic, able to hold multiple tensions together. Um yeah. I think that's yeah, that's I think like that's really just catapulting us into to really our next question, which is like, you know, I think we've really established, you know, lamenting's okay. Like it's a it's a thing we should we should think about. Um yeah. there's not much you and I can say for the listener to begin lamenting. All all we can really say is do it. Like it's it's not a bad thing. It's yeah. something to most definitely confront, um, but I mean, what does you know? What does this even look like? This is the real question?
1: Yeah, that's. Um, do you do you have anything to add to that? My thoughts. My thoughts <laughs> are running around at the moment.
0: No, you're good. Um, trying to figure I, out how to
1: articulate that.
0: I think. Um, I think it looks like Psalm 13. Yeah, um, I think like when you look at when you look at Psalm 13, um, David. I'm just gonna read the whole thing. It's it's only a couple of verses long. Yeah. it's six verses. Yeah, read it. David says this: uh, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Uh, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow sure. in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer hmm. me, O Lord, my God. Lighten up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. So we're four verses in, and David's complaining to God. He's like, dude, where are you? Like, like this sucks, yeah, yeah, right? Like, he's literally sitting in his castle writing this. I, I guarantee you weeping, and he's like, God, this sucks. But then catch this. Um, theologians and uh, biblical interpreters, scholars believe that in the middle of verse four and five, we don't get to see it, but God responds. And this is why yeah. in verse 5 and 6, David switches up his entire rhetoric and says, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Yeah. Um, so either one or two things is happening. In between 4 and 5, we don't see it, but God responds. Or, David is recalling the promise of God that He made to Abraham and to the descendants before David, um, yeah. and saying, "I know you've been steadfast in that. I know you'll be steadfast in this now." And I, I really think that, um, I really, really think that uh, lamenting comes by letting yourself feel, letting yourself open up. Because it's one of the biggest problems right now is is people just you know, putting this veil and facade over their emotions. Um, and this leads to us not knowing God intimately, uh, knowing a person intimately comes like with what someone's struggling with and being like, Oh, so this is what you're struggling with. Let me help you. Or then in their joyful moment, rejoicing with them. Like it comes when you experience those emotions with someone and God almost like, all throughout scripture is like, I want to experience everything with you. Therefore, that means I want to experience your deep, dark, lamenting moments with you as well so that we can reach verse five and six where you can rejoice in me. I think it literally is like, God, I feel like trash. Even if you're like using some choice words, it's honesty and that's what the Lord wants in my I mean, in my opinion from what I've seen in scripture. Yeah. Um, and then sitting back and going, you know what, I feel this way, but I know that you're steadfast in your love. And so I'm going to rejoice in the salvation you've given me and what you've already fulfilled. I'm going to sing to you and I know that you're going to deal bountifully with me.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. That's actually a very good way to put all of that. Um, I think literally my thoughts follow along the same suit, literally with the same person. Um, The scenario that came to mind was when David and his guys are uh, like running around in the, kind of in the wilderness and they fight an army. I can't remember who it is. I think it's the Amalekites. I can't remember. Oh, and it might be the Amalekites that come and they ransack David's town. Um, Z- um, Ziglag or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> when he, when they leave and they're fighting another army. So when they come back, all of their like wives and children and stuff are gone and their livestock has been stolen. And they just start to cry out to God in this deep, just this deep sorrowful cry. Um, I mean, their entire families were just stolen from them. Um, but then David gets up and his men leave and they go fight this army. Um, and they go and they get everything back and it's awesome. And then they return and they have this whole conversation about sharing because some people didn't go and, you know, they got whatever about that. Um, but I I find the topic of lamenting to be incredibly beautiful because I find the people who do it are able to be real with their present circumstances mm. and aren't afraid to admit to what's going on. Um I find it to be an incredibly like manly thing to cry. Like I I, I don't know. I think yeah. David is a beautiful depiction of what healthy masculinity looks like. And he cries all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: he's kind of a weepy boy. And so, um, you know, and then you have, you have Jeremiah, um, <laughs> just a weepy boy all the time. <laughs> um,
0: a weepy boy.
1: Yeah. And so I obviously not just fucking focusing on men, like women as well. Um, but I, I think lamenting is really beautiful because it allows you to accept the reality of what you're going through. Like I, Jesus to me has become such a more grand savior when I've come to understand the fact that my world is messed up and I actually need saving and I actually need a hero. Um, if I don't think about that, he's really not that impressive to me. Yeah. So,
0: you know. And I think that, I mean, that that's really the, the, I think the theme of the Bible is, um, you mentioned it earlier, you know, Lamentations one, uh, one speaking about, uh, it is really juxtaposing, uh, Israel when they're faithful to God, yeah. uh, compared to Israel when they're not faithful to God. You know, it says how yeah. lonely sits the city that was full of people. So that's your first juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, then how like a widow has she become she who was great among the nations? The second. And the third is she who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. I think that right there, even that last line is like, wow. This is, this is the, hey, here's the image of when Israel left the obedience of God um, compared to when they lived within it. And this even brings up a, another really good question I think is is um you know lamenting's a good thing but do you think we could actually save ourselves from um from almost having to lament as consistently as we should be doing if we were just obedient
1: Yeah that's that's a good that's a good question Um I think that I think the answer's twofold to that question at least in my mind yeah because i don't think that i can spare myself from all forms of sorrow um you know we talked about ecclesiastes earlier like there's a time to mourn there's a time to dance you know there's a time to laugh there's a time to cry um there there's always going to be things that to put simply suck about life it's just always true um But I do think that obedience leads us into freedom and life and joy inside of God. I I think God wants us to live a life of freedom. And the reason that he labels out his laws and his requirements and really begs us to live a life within his will is because life is just better with him and he designed life and he knows how it should be lived. Um, I, I literally like looking at lamentations right now, in verse uh where is it it's in verse four they say the roads to zion mourn because no one comes to set feasts and Mm -hmm. in exodus god when he's talking to moses getting them to free you know getting him to go talk to pharaoh to free the hebrew people he says like you know ask him that we can go have feasts in in the wilderness as a is a part of what he brings up firstly to Moses. Um, And, and I think when we walk in obedience, we dine with God and we eat from the feast that he's prepared for us. And when we don't walk in obedience to him, we're turning away from the good that he has for us and choosing for ourselves, things that really are not as fulfilling. Um, So we've, we've sort of stepped away from goodness and rest and have pursued elsewhere um and so i i think we could have more things to rejoice about and lament about if we chose to always pursue god um but i think there's still things to be sorrowful about even when we are pursuing god um and i also mm-hmm. think you know i'm i'm never going to be perfect so i think i'm always going to at some point choose something other than god but is His grace is amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think this—I think this even, you know—it comes down to um, that—that topic of death to the self. I think because I'm I'm looking through Lamentations right now um, while you're talking, Um, and I—I find I found you know in Lamentations three, I found a verse that almost just like. It's written from the perspective of the weeping prophet. So in his weeping, he's like explaining what would be so much better. It's, it's a man. It's a it's a man explaining the, um, and really I I feel like this goes towards those who are kind of like oh you know what I'll get my Bible later I'll do this later like I've got this that I want to do and I'm gonna do it now like you know I can I can be obedient yeah. later. This really speaks to that is is. You know, Jeremiah writing in the perspective of a nation that has withdrawn from obedience to Yahweh, the holy God of, of their nation. Um, and he says, he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So the first point to make here is this is verse 22 through 24. Is um, therefore I will hope in Him. Like this is Jeremiah speaking in the midst of lamentation. Once again, another moment of like looking forward to hope in Jesus. Yeah. and it's like the 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 last two chapters have been completely like wow lamenting, but the lament, the lamenting led to a chapter titled "Great is Your Faithfulness," um, and then he says this in verse twenty five through twenty seven. Um, I think it's through 27. Yeah, through 27. Uh, maybe I'll go to 30. Let's see. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Um, let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever. Um, and I think this just goes to the point of, I think in our lamentation, we get to a point where, like, wow, I'm so tired. And I think that that's where God's like, okay, then, then die so I can bring you to life. Yeah. Like, you, your flesh is dying. Lay down into this casket that I might resurrect you. Um, it's like the imagery that almost, it's the imagery that comes to mind for me. Is in our, lam, in our lamenting, it is an opportunity for us to lie down in the casket of dying to ourselves and yeah. to then be resurrected by the joy of Jesus and the abundance of his resurrection.
1: Yeah, um, I I think there's like a grand... There's a grand humility in coming to that understanding. Um, there's a, uh, in Second in Corinthians 3, when he talks about you with unveiled faces. Uh. Um, I, always, I always think about that verse in terms of the fact that I'm not actually a real human being until I've come to face the glory of God. Because up until that point, I have a mask on, I have something veiling my face, wow. I'm covered over, I, I'm not really me. And then when I meet God, I've come, I've come to find what being an actual human being is. Because, you know, we, we always say it like, sin, sin doesn't make good people bad. It, it's the fact that when I'm a sinful person, I'm dead. And God brings me to life. And so I'm actually living when I'm with God and I have to die to myself to be so. Um, And that's really, that's really beautiful. I think I love the fact that God doesn't show partiality in that. Yeah. The fact that when I walk in obedience to God, he rewards that is so beautiful to me because that's a God who's just and faithful. He's not just going to, he's not just going to pick me because I'm his favorite. He's like, no, I, I actually have these things in place that are going to bring about life. And if you follow them, you'll find it and you'll find it abundantly wow. because I am the way, the truth, and the life. But if you're not following me, you, you're not going to find it. It's not going to be anywhere. Not because I don't like you. I actually really like you and I really love you. But I made this way specifically so that people would find me. Um, and obviously, his name is Jesus and we can get into all of that. But <laughs> I... I just, I, I love that about God. Um, I think he's really cool.
0: What do you, what do you say to the people that are like, you know what? I understand. But why? Why is it that God makes me, like, why does he make me have to choose him like that? Why, why can't there be, why can't I live my way? Why is God selfish? You know, there's people with that response. Yeah.
1: No, I, I genuinely had like this whole conversation in my head the other day. You know where you just have these like fictional <laughs> yes. duke outs with people? Yes. Um, and I was really duking it out with myself. I, w- I was genuinely looking at God and saying, God, how, how do I not view you as selfish if what you're demanding out of me is that I would love you, even though I didn't choose to be born? You know, like mm. I I didn't choose to be alive. But I became alive. And because of that, now I have to live in this war of vice and virtue. And if I choose vice, then I'm wrong. And if I choose virtue, I'm right. But why is that so, like, like why is that selfless of God? Um, and I was, I was thinking pretty deeply about this. And some stuff I didn't come to resolve, some stuff I did. And I think a primary resolution my heart came to in regards to the selflessness of god and the mercy and the grace of who he is is the fact that when when i when i pursue after the things of god i open myself to an eternal reality of joy love peace hope i open myself to a reality of actually experiencing every beautiful and good thing that could even be imagined, Um, Mm. even, even in terms of time, like time does not operate the same way with God. So when I'm pursuing myself for, for four years of my life, well, I can pursue God in a moment. And inside of that moment, I've experienced 10 years of joy that I never would have got out of pursuing myself for four years. Wow. And it's, it's like, there is this compounding interest that makes no sense to pursuing God. It only makes sense because of who he is, and that's really selfless of who God is to actually give me the opportunity to pursue things that I could not even fathom of reaching for inside of me just living for myself. Because, of course, I, you know, I've, I'm a I'm 21. I, I turned I actually turned 22 in five days, which is crazy. Hey, um, yeah, I'm pretty old, but. <laughs> Like, I, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, dude, like, girls are hot. And <laughs> uh, like, why why can't I drink? And why, like, why can't I go get drunk? And why can't I do this? Why can't I say these things? And my friends say, like, and I don't think life with God is a life of legalism. But something I've grown to understand now that I wish I understood more of then is that life is just so much better with God. Mm. Those things are so fulfilling for a moment you know, Ecclesiastes is like, dude, the best thing that someone can do with their life is like get drunk and get a really good wife and love the toil of their work because that's just the best they can do because they haven't comprehended the fact that Jesus actually forgives, that Mm. Jesus arrives on the scene, that resurrection is there that you can live a life of eternity with God. Mm. Um, And the fact that God would present that to me before I even knew he existed, um, is so selfless because it's just better. But in, in my like postmodern mind, I'm always going to look at that and say, well, God is just forcing his thoughts on the mind. Um, but if, if God is literally the objective truth reality, then how is that forcing anything upon me? It's just yeah. the way it is, you know? Um, and sometimes that doesn't make sense to people. It didn't make sense to me for a really long time but it has mm. now, which is which is nice.
0: Yeah, I think um, there's a beautiful quote by my pastor actually uh, down here in Tennessee. He says, uh, literally this Sunday, he said, if we are rich in Christ, he's preaching out of Philippians 4 uh, verses 10 through 22. It's Paul in prison, for 10 through 23. Paul in prison um, is writing this thank you letter to the uh, Philippians for sending Epaphroditus with some food. This is where Philippians 4.13 comes from, which um, totally should do a series on breaking down verses that are taken out of context. We could do that one. But um, just (laughs) ruin people's views. (laughs) Um, But he says, if we are rich in Christ, we can be poor in everything else. And um, I think there's a reason why CEOs, billionaire CEOs, don't retire when they become billionaires or even millionaires they they can yeah. they keep going to make more money because it's never enough there's, no, there's it is never, never enough it never fulfills there's always more more that you need that comes with every dollar uh every dollar you have is so demanding whilst every moment of the presence of Jesus you have is the last thing but demanding it's actually life-giving um yeah and that,
1: that's that's the beauty of I mean, we're talking about lamenting, dying and everything there. Like I've, I've grown such an appreciation for the fact that when things get hard and things get tough and I think everything resides on my shoulders, I can actually just take a step back and say, oh, this really isn't about me. Yeah, Like I, I'm not the ruler of my life. And it brings such a comfort to just be able to step back and say, God has this under control. I don't have to worry. I may be fumbling my way through the dark, but if he has my hand, he's going to get me there. And yeah. I can actually live a joyful life, even in the midst of things that suck. Um, and I can, I can be fulfilled even when it seems like everything else is stripped away from me. And that that's brought me a lot of peace and um, in a a lot of trouble, um, which is, which is cool. Um, You know, Ecclesiastes labels it out pretty clearly where it says, you know, right after he talks about Ecclesiastes three, he talks about all of the times that there are. And then he says, you know, I've seen the burden that God's put on man. And, And then he goes into talking about how man has this hole in his chest that only eternity can fill. And he's always pursuing after things that just never fulfill it. And so the best mm. thing he can do is just like enjoy whatever is in the moment, because like eternity is set in the heart of man, but no man can figure out how to how to make it work out. You know, yeah. Um, but but Jesus really explained that. Um, but and, and Jesus is this like magnificent representation of joy. But one of his primary titles that he's given in all of the prophecies, is that he's a man of sorrows. Yeah. And that's that's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, these things aren't opposing
0: one another. I mean, even even before going to the most glorious thing he could have gone to, the cross of Calvary. Uh, I love the way Paul Washer puts that. Uh, I've been listening to some Paul Washer podcast. <laughs> I've actually
1: never listened to
0: Paul Washer. So, ever. Just, just the way he puts... The cross is beautiful. Uh, when he talks, um, Paul Usher tends to explain it, and he goes, um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on his way to the cross of Calvary. And that wording to me is like, wow. Um, the cross of Calvary. Because yeah. when, when you when you think of it, Calvary is a very different word than just the cross. Um like that's not, yeah. I mean, Calvary in and of itself, the the very true definition is um, an experience of usually intense mental suffering. Like yeah. it was not him walking to intense, yes, intense physical suffering. But the cross of Calvary is not actually about physical suffering. Yeah, it's about mental soul. Wrath, suffering.
1: Um, yeah. Because when he
0: dies on the cross, the weight of human sin of not just one person, but the judgment of God upon all humanity that was and is and is to come, uh, all that sin was thrown onto Jesus right there on that cross of Calvary. Um, yeah. and And then would be raised three days later into the most glorious position, the right hand of God and and right before this glory this magnificent glorious act uh jesus would cry and sweat uh blood because of yes the stress but just in general the the lamenting of like, god or like father is this what i have to do yeah the lamenting came before the glory um yeah and not to say that we're living life to receive glory, but we're living life to give glory and we're living life to step into that abundance joy given to us by the glory of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And I think that it's beautiful that lament, lamentation came before that glory.
1: Yeah, I used to, uh, when I used when I used to go to bed. Um, used to? You don't used do it anymore? To,
0: what? You don't go to bed anymore? No, I don't
1: go to bed i okay. sleep. Um, but I used to recite the fact that the Jewish people see the evening as the beginning of the day. And so then the morning and, you know, the, the day that comes is the later part of the day. And so they have this whole terminology that when you go to bed, you go to bed as a lamb. And then when you wake up, you have been protected by God in your sleep and so you arise in the in the strength of the lion of who God is and you walk in the power of who he is wow and so you go to bed as this like humble little animal and when you wake up you arise in this like power knowing that God has already protected you for the most part of your day and then you're into the rest of your day um and that that has represented to me a lot of what it looks like for me to lament inside of my struggles, but then to see the dawn at the end or the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever you want to call it and walk in the power of knowing God has delivered me from that. Like, it's like Psalm 77. That's a beautiful Psalm. That recognizes all of the ways that God has fulfilled his promises. And even when Jesus is dying on the cross and he's like, Ellie, Ellie, why have you forsaken me? He's not, He's not like doubting God. He's fulfilling a prophecy. He's like, hey, this, this, you know, you can almost take that as like a, as like a contemplative question for you of like, Ellie, Ellie, why, why have you forsaken Jesus in this moment? Well, it's, it's so he would never leave me. Like, that's why he did it. That's why he left Jesus and crushed him for my iniquities. It wasn't the fact that Jesus was messed up. Um, but there, but there is a difficulty there because like, we're talking about lamenting of like dying to the flesh. Um, and something I've experienced recently is that I've, I spent, I spent the last couple months in Spain studying abroad. You know that I think I'm more just contextualizing for other people listening. (laughs) Yeah. And while I was there, I got really I got like loneliness from my loneliness because I was, I was sort of lonely while I was there, but then I started to experience God in beautiful ways. And one of the thoughts that came to my mind was God, if I, if I leave behind my sorrow and I leave behind my pain and I walk in the joy and goodness of who you are, do I have anything to offer people? Like, can I empathize with them if I'm not currently going through some like emotional crisis or, and I, I got lonely from the feeling of being lonely. I was like, I don't feel lonely right now. And I'm sort of lonely from the comfort that comes from my sorrow. Mm. Um, and I think there's another side of lamenting. That's like, even, even when things are beautiful and when God is walking me through his joy that doesn't mean that I can't be in touch with the parts of my life that have been hard so that I'm able to understand the joy and empathize in both areas with people. Um, That's, that's sort of a, that's sort of a left hook comment. It came out of nowhere, but I think it deserves to be said.
0: And because we lack that so much, like you said, we are so disconnected. Uh, We're so connected to this additional appendage called our iPhone or if you're lame, an android. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, like, if you're I, a loser, dude, android.
0: <laughs> freaking loser. No, you're probably saving money. Um, honestly, we, we're the losers. Um,
1: yeah, we're the ones with an anti-biblical sign on our electronics.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean like with this additional appendage, I say appendage because it's really just become a part of us at this point. You, Everyone sits down in class and I recognize like today I was thinking about this everyone took their phone out including myself and we put it on our on our table and put it face down almost as if we're like hey just so you know my like third legs here yeah um like that right there is another reason why we are so disconnected because it's become another world for us that when we get on it we just we're gone we're not intentional um so i mean it's just it's sad it's it's saddening like it's it 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 is a thing that causes us to need to lament because um we just we lack it
1: i think it i think it drives us towards um for for me i'm i'm a very I I like to keep up with people and I like to see what's going on in people's lives. I like to understand who people are, but I am downright atrocious at trying to communicate with people who are not in my immediate vicinity. Like yeah, trying to keep up with people through text doesn't happen. Trying to call people does happen, and I love it, but it's more rare than me trying to be present with the people around me and the things that are around me. And I think there's like this mass, I don't want to say like mass hysteria, cause that's not what it is. It's like this mass guilt trip that if I don't know everything that's going on in someone's life that lives a thousand miles away from me, somehow I'm a bad friend. Wow! And it's like, no, you're just living your life. Like that's not a bad thing. Um, I heard someone talk about earlier how, they have, they have like twenty million subscribers on YouTube or something, but they have like three friends, and they literally talked about God and they were like, you know, G- Jesus. One one of his disciples literally gave him up, and so this guy who's the most famous man in history, who affects the entire world, the entire universe, all of eternity, has like 11, 11 buddies. And really one who like actually has his back. Yeah. Like John's the only one that kind of hangs out. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else dips. Um, And so I don't, I, I don't know. We, we have this like mass feeling, but it also, I think it also translate translates into a way that we can pursue further fellowship by looking at those things and saying like, how can I, how can I actually die to this in a way that would positively affect the relationships around me? Like, can I step away from my electronics? Not even that. It's just like, can I, can I die to myself in the way that I can sit patiently with other people? Can I actually hold a conversation for longer than two minutes without jumbling off somewhere else or not even caring about what the person's saying. Um, I think, I think intentionality goes a long way. Um, And it really, it is required when, when I think you're sort of seeking to be obedient to God or obedient to the things of God. Um,
0: I, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, like, I've had that, I've had that like so recently too, where I, I'll be sitting and I'm like, I'm such a bad friend. Like I, I know you and I've both talked about this before, like this like deep soul wrenching like wow, I could love this person so much better um and in reality, it's like like i've uh i've had i've had a conversation with chase one time um I don't know why I'm talking about you in third person when I'm when talking to you i had a conversation with you. And you were like, this thing doesn't matter to me. Like, I hope it dies. And you were talking about your phone. And I was like, oh, that's like, that's true. It is really, really true. Um, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, I I just so much rather pay attention to those of who are in front of me. Like, I can't respond to you three hours from now if you're in front of me, but I can respond to someone else in three hours, like my phone. It's not that big of a deal. I was like, oh, Yeah. That was like a year ago, and I started trying it, and I've just recognized like, wow, I'm so much more joyful to just like, oh my goodness, you know, Jeff's in front of me. Let me pay attention to him.
1: Um, Yeah, those those people. I I think there's a there's a quote by C.S. Lewis. It's in Weight of Glory. We've talked about it before. It's like literally so beautiful. Um, And I'm not going to quote it correctly, but the basic idea is that he says that civilizations and cities and all these other things, these structures they all fall, they all crumble to the ground because they're all temporary. The eternal things in life are the people that I'm with. So Mm -hmm. all of the people that I cheat or lie to or support and encourage the people that I marry or the person that I just randomly make out with, which really hopefully that never happens. (laughs) But like, you know, just like all of these scenarios that occur, all of these people are eternal. And I'm leaving an eternal mark on their soul when I interact with them. Yeah. And so do I want do I want my eternal mark on someone's life to be the fact that I ignored them for the five minutes that I saw them throughout my entire life? It's like, no, I, wow. I, I really want to make people feel appreciated. Um, and obviously I don't want to make people feel unappreciated by not responding to their text messages. Like that, you know, wow. like I can use that as a cop-out, um, I learned that about myself recently, and I don't need to do that. But I also do place a higher priority on the people in front of me, um, and I, I don't know. I, like I, I think that's how Jesus was. Um, like he was he was vibing with the people around him.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, and like <laughs> Lazarus is Lazarus and them. Um, his sister got mad because Jesus was late, and he's like, "Dude, don't worry." Bam, Lazarus is alive. What can I say? I'm just that guy. Um, yeah, he's
1: he, he's late. He's late per her perspective. Yeah, but he's like, no, I'm on
0: time. Yeah, he's like being present. In, in I think you or someone actually told me this. They're like, "Oh yeah," and like in Africa, people are like three hours late to things. Oh, they can be, yeah. Not like really. you tell people to show up at noon, they're there at like five p.m. because on their <laughs> way walking there, someone asked them to help them build something, and they stopped to do it. Like, yeah. What I think that one of the coolest things I heard was like what it often seems like an interruption is sometimes like a blessing. It's a moment of a moment of allowing you to step into just being so intentional with someone right there that needs it. Um, well,
1: that that might be something to consider. Like going back on the topic of lamenting just i don't know it's it's an opportunity for me in a time of complete opposition of god to pursue the things of who god is like i i think one of the best things i've ever heard about anything ever is i heard someone talk about how on earth i have this eternal not even no it's not even eternal i have this temporary window of opportunity to worship God in a way that I will never be able to worship him ever again, even in heaven, because I can worship God here in spite of pain, in spite of sorrow, in spite of heartbreak, in spite of literally everything that opposes God. But when I get to heaven, I'm praising God inside of an eternal joy bomb. Like I'm, I'm joyful with him all the time. There are angels flying around and lightning bolts, just simmering past and we're just all having this massive party. And obviously there's different stuff that goes on in heaven, but (laughs) but I think the first million years of my life in heaven will be me laying on the ground, figuring out how to stand up because I'm just so happy. And I don't, that's not my life here. And so I have this unique opportunity to worship God in juxtaposition to the things going on around me yeah because everyone here is not worshiping god most people here are living for themselves like it's just it's just you look around and you're like yo, this place is sort of messed up and that that that's an interesting perspective on lamenting is that my sorrow can either further push me into a place of depression and sorrow or it can be wielded in a way that can give glory to God.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think our our worship, our worship should almost be impervious of our our situation and what's around yeah. us.
1: I wish mine was. It's not.
0: <laughs> and our, I wish mine was too. But like, it like even in in our lamenting, it's like, you know what? I'm in my lamentation, but God, you're so good. Like right. in our, in our highs. Cause we talk about, oh man, we talk about God being there in our highs and lows. What about us? Like in our highs yeah. and lows, uh, well, God's and, there.
1: But And it's cool that like, we, I never have to experience what the Israelites experienced in lamentations. Yeah. Like when it says like how lonely sits the city, uh, I have the Holy Spirit, the yeah. Holy Spirit is my homie. We hang out. Yeah. God is here with me. God lives in me. I'm the temple. like I don't have to experience any of that because my my relationship with God is in no way centered around my actions. It is entirely revolving around his grace and his mercy towards me yeah and so like i can feel lonely at times but i'm like never alone um Mm. and and that's that's beautiful um i don't and so the the different things that i that i have beef with in my heart usually boils down to the fact that i want something And God has said, hey, let's go a different direction. And so then I have to crucify my flesh because I'm not the one sitting in control, you know? Um, Wow. So I don't know. That's something worth noting.
0: Yeah, I think that honestly, like that right there, I think it wraps everything we just talked about in a little bit.
1: Oh, it's like Christmas morning.
0: Yeah. like It's like, yeah, Christmas morning. Um <laughs> uh like our, what what was the last thing you said again? I like, I I remember it being really good and then I kind of just blanked here for a second but
1: this this city's eating itself. <laughs> Maybe it can't be saved, but I have to try. Um... Myself. <laughs> Hold on, I have to end the monologue. These nights all roll together in a rush behind the mask something in the morning and I have to force myself to remember everything that's happened.
0: <laughs> Do you have the script in front of you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have it open on Reddit.
0: <laughs> of course, bro. Reddit is Reddit is the scripture of the secular world. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's pretty
0: great. It is pretty great. Um,
1: it's a big city. <laughs> I can't be everywhere, but they don't know where I am. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, i think i think wrapping this up um i, I think it's been such a, a good conversation and you know i think it, it, it's a lot for people to chew on um yeah
1: hopefully i i've i've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation it's made me thought about it a lot
0: i yeah i think i think this is one of those conversations i'll be honest that like I'm going to go do homework when I get done with this. I'm going to walk across campus. I'm going to sit down on this little lawn uh, in a grass field and I'm going to do homework. But the entire time I'm doing it, I feel like as I sit in this grass ground, I'm going to look at a petal of grass and just be like, wow, woe is, woe is the withering blade. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't, it's one of those conversations that leaves you just deep in thought. Um, I, I think I will go, I think I'll go
1: write a bunch of poetry. I think that's what I'm gonna
0: do. I think you should. You know, I I love that you. I always get so jealous. I love that you write poetry. I'm not a I'm not a poetry writer. I'm a just, um.
1: Just start doing it. Wait.
0: My thing is my thing that I've been gifted with is writing like long excer- excerpts on scripture, oh, like prose and stuff. Yeah, yeah, dope. yeah. Like the Instagram things, the um, you know, long captions and things like that. I write things like that just regularly. Like that's kind of yeah, my that's awesome. My thing. Now we now we're diving deep into my insecurities of how I like love how other people have things and then I don't honor myself anyways. We can we do an episode on insecurities another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can
1: have a therapy session.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I think at the, at the end if I were to even add anything, I don't think I even need to, but I'm going to um is simply like <sighs> as you who are listening. You sit and, and, and think to yourself, man, like, what am I going to do with this? Just go, like, be still. Be still with the Lord. Be still with the, the God. Be still and be present. You know, there was, there was something my teacher said today um, in class. He said, prayer is, uh, what, prayer is the presence with God that we should always be giving him. It's the unbothered attention uh, focused in the direction of God. That should be our prayer, is unbothered attention focused toward God. So go give that to the Lord, and let it be unbothered. Let it be just Jesus' presence uh, with your thoughts, even if they're not holy, um, even if they're not happy. Like we just talked about, go lament. Um, Be honest. I think that honesty leads to intimacy. And if you desire to call yourself a Christian— You should want to be so close to Jesus uh, that there's not a moment you can go without wanting him, a moment you can go without feeling him near to you because you're so aware of his presence. And I think lamentation causes us to be aware of his presence because it it causes us to be aware of ourselves. And as we are aware of ourselves, we begin to be aware of him who made us because we are made in his image.
1: Um, Amen.
0: Yeah, so... Chase, anything else you got to add?
1: Um, it is okay to not be okay. That's about it.
0: Well, yeah, very, very true. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, I haven't enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. Um, that's what you said. I just stole your line, so.
1: Hey, there's nothing new under the sun. That's very true.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, you want to you wanna pray, and then we can close this thing out.
1: Yeah, I'll pray. All right. Awesome. Um, all right. Bow your heads in prayer. <laughs> Bow and get on your knees. Do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jesus, um, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for the love that you have immensely lavished on your people. I am entirely undeserving of everything that you've given me, but you still choose to give me more. And it honestly shocks me why, but you still do it. So thank you for doing that for me. I know that you've immensely blessed so many others. I'm asking that you would allow these words to be a blessing for the people that are listening. I know they've been so helpful towards me. Um, I pray that only the words from you would cement another hearts. If there aren't words from you, please just let them forget everything. Mm. Um, but if there are some from you, let let them roll around in their minds and in their hearts um, I'm praying that their paths would be blessed going forwards, so that their lives would be testaments to you. I'm praying that you would grant them night lights of scripture that would illuminate dark paths, um, that they would be able to find you even in the most grim of circumstances. Um, thank you for Colin's life. Thank you for the way that you're continuing to use him and forever will.